Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle, creator of the Teenage Personality Quiz. Head to TalkingToTeens.com for a free PDF explaining how your teenager thinks. We're here today with Dr. Laura Markham. Dr. Markham is the creator of AhaParenting.com a resource for parents all over the world to learn strategies, to connect with their kids and discipline their kids, set limits and enforce those limits without using punishment. Dr. Markham's approach is as simple as it is effective. She's found that you can create an emotional connection with your child and that is what creates real lasting change. And when you have that connection, you don't need to threaten, nag, plead, bribe, or even punish your kids at all. She has three books. Her first book, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, tells you how to you know, stop yelling and arguing and punishing and start connecting with your child. Uh, her second book, Peaceful Parent, Happy Siblings, really shows you how to raise kids who will be best friends for the rest of their lives, who even though they might argue with each other now, uh, are building a really strong relationship that they can fall back on. And her third book is a workbook that you can use to put all of this stuff into practice with your own family. Really excited to pick her brain. Dr. Markham, thank you so much for making the time to be here. So you have got a website, you've written numerous books, you've created this whole community, you teach parents all around the world. I'm really curious how you got started on this whole journey? Well, I I always loved children. I was always interested in children when I was, you know, 10 and 12 and 15 and 20. You know, I always found ways to work with kids. And I studied psychology. It wasn't the first thing I studied. I got out of school and started a weekly newspaper. I'm also a writer and a journalist, and I wanted to make the world a better place. And I thought a newspaper was the way to do that. And this was pre, you know, there weren't, there weren't a lot of websites at that moment early on. So then when my first child was born, I saw other people parenting in ways that I wanted to say to them, I think there might be a better way to do that. I had read, I had read a lot of research, right? Because I, by then had, had, I wasn't done with my PhD in psychology, but I was well on the way. And I wanted, I wanted to, to share what I was reading with other parents. Yeah. So it, it took me a while, but finally I began to actually put together the website and, uh, the, the books took a longer time. My first book didn't come out until 2012 and I've written three books in the last six years. After all this time, you know, creating your website, getting your PhD, working with parents all over the world, then then finally, what prompted you to write it all down in this book? I wanted parents to have a comprehensive plan. 
because my website is over a thousand pages. So when you go to the website, I you see. could get overwhelmed. You could be like, well, wait a minute. What, where do I read first? What do I do next? Yeah. Where do I this start? This book yeah. puts it in an easy, easy to read format. So parents read the first section is not very long, but it's the most important thing parents can know, which is they have to work on themselves. They have to regulate their own emotions, right? It is without that, you can't be the parent you want to be, right? So that's part one. And then it's only one chapter. It's, a, it's not a short chapter, but it's, it's only one chapter, but it is the foundation of everything I do. And that's why it's first in the book. The second part of the book is about connection, connecting with your child. And again, just one chapter, but without connection, your child isn't going to cooperate with you. They're not going to do what you want. They're not going to tell you if you have a teenager, they're not going to tell you when something happens to them that's bad because they won't trust you. You know, parenting is not a set of strategies. Parenting is a relationship. It's all about the connection you have with your child. So that's the second part of the book. And I wanted to lay those two foundational pieces out for parents in a very easy to absorb format with real suggestions. Like, how do you build a stronger, deeper, sweeter relationship with your child? What are the things you should actually do every day? So that's what I wanted to do the book, to put in the book. And then the third part is longer. The third section is three whole chapters, but it's all about how you coach your child to be their best self. You know, in a caring relationship where you respect the other person, there's no reason to punish. And when parents start to regulate themselves so they're not flying off the handle, when they start to connect with their child, when they start to respect their child, what ends up happening is they, they find that they don't need to punish anymore. Now, kids will still need guidance. Kids will still need support to work through their big emotions. And that's what the third section of the book is, how to give that guidance in a loving way that's still effective, that's firm, and how to help kids with their big emotions so that they don't need to act out. Okay, now... You mentioned, and you talk about this throughout your books, not punishing kids. So I feel like for some parents, that's kind of a novel concept because, uh, you know, for us, we get parents coming to our website and their first question is, hey, my kid did this. How do I punish them? And so it seems a little far-fetched, this world with no punishments. What do you say to parents, you know, who have have kind of been trained in this old school philosophy and are are skeptical that this no punishment approach will work for their kids? Well, I would say, first of all, that if you look at the research, punishment just makes kids into better liars. It doesn't make them better behave. That's the first thing. Secondly, if you think back on your own growing up, your own teen years, when your parents punished you, what happened? Now, sometimes, again, you might have learned to sneak out of the house when you had a curfew, you know, when they would say, no, you're grounded, right? Or you might have figured out other ways to sneak around. But even if you did, you know, when they grounded you, you stayed in the house or whatever the punishment was, think about what happened then. You spent all your time thinking about how unfair they were, how mean they were, how they didn't understand, how your life was so unfair, instead of thinking about wow, I really did screw up. I didn't turn in a single homework assignment in 
you know, the class in science, you know, uh, after I didn't understand that lab and I never turned it in and then I stopped turning in my homework in the lab, I guess I could have handled it differently. But no, when your parents punish you for that, you're just just angry. I hate science. I'm never even going to use science, right? And you, yeah. you make it all about the power struggle with the parent instead of actually looking at, you know, I guess I could have handled it differently. I'm not saying that the child doesn't have to do something to repair yeah, yeah. what they've done. So when the child, let's say they haven't been turning in their science assignments, they didn't understand it and they didn't turn it in and they were, you know, busy having fun with their friends and doing other things, doing their after school activities, whatever they were doing, hanging out with their friends at the mall, you know, whatever they were doing. And you discover as the parent that your you, the science teacher writes a note, an email to you and says, you know, your kid hasn't turned in a homework assignment mm-hmm. in the last month. And they're going to fail the class or whatever. You as the parent could say, okay, that's it. You're grounded, right? That's yeah, one yeah, way to do sure. it. And we know what happens with that, which is the kid is not motivated to do a good job with the science. Or you can sit down with your kid and say, wow, teacher tells me you haven't turned anything in. What's going on? And now your kid might come up with all kinds of, well, you know, it was this or it was that, or I had too much history to do or whatever. They might make yeah, up yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, they might, it might not even be true. Or they might have a real reason, right? It might, there might be a reason. They're so stressed out. They're trying to do their study for their SAT test, whatever is going on, right? Or they had to, maybe you have four kids in your family and they're the one who babysits when you work your second job. Maybe they're, they actually don't have time. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons your kid might be doing this. Some of them are good reasons. Some of them are bad reasons, but whatever. So you listen. The first thing you're doing is you're extending the respect that you you would want extended to you, that anyone would want. In that situation. So you're already, the, the teenager is already saying, well, mom mom or dad is listening to me. You know, you're saying, sure, wow, sure. huh. So you really felt like you didn't have, huh, you didn't have time. Wow, that does feel like a lot of pressure for you. I hear you, hon. And then you say, and you have to catch up in science. Schoolwork comes first. It comes before hanging out with your friends. It comes before basketball. You know, homework comes first. So we need a plan. To get your schoolwork together. Um, I'll try to do some this weekend. And that's not a plan. That's not good enough for me. You need to do some repair work. And you know, hon, I, maybe there's some more repair work. Like I've been asking you about homework and you've been telling me you had everything handled. And so now my trust in you is, is a little bit frayed here. So we need a plan that we both agree to. I want it in writing. And I'm willing to give you whatever support you need. If you need me to hire a babysitter for the little ones so that you can like stay at the library after school or go to the teacher's office hours and get extra help from the teacher on that lab you didn't understand or whatever, I'll hire the babysitter for the little ones, whatever we need to do. But we need to make an agreement in writing about what we're each going to do in order for you to get to complete your homework assignments and get your, your work in. And your kid might say, no, that'll be too much work. I can't do that. Like, <laughs> you know, homework comes first. I hear you. It, it's going to feel like a lot. It would have been a lot better to space it out over the last month. Not yeah, not leave like it crazy. also now. You know, it's true. You're going to be right. working like crazy to catch up. I sympathize. I'm, I'll be making you snacks, but it's your job to get the work done. Right? So yeah, you're not right. blaming. You're not shaming. You're not even criticized. You're not even saying, I told you so. You're not even saying, why did you lie to me? Although you are saying the result of you telling me you had it under control and you don't is that I don't really 
our trust is a little bit frayed here, and I need a written agreement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we need some repair work on our relationship here. Yeah, I need right. we need something written down that I see you having a plan and coming through and doing what you told me you would do, and we need to repair our relationship here because the most important thing to me is my my relationships with the people I love, my relationship with your dad or your mom, you know, if you're the parent talking, my relationship with you and your siblings. Those are the relationships that matter to me. And so when you feel like you can't tell me that you're falling behind, that tells me I'm doing something wrong as a parent. It tells me that I wasn't safe enough for you to tell me that. It's okay for you to mess up. But I want you to come tell me when you mess up, and I want you to tell me soon before you've dug a big hole and fallen in, right? Sure, it's a lot easier right, to repair right. for both of us. So we need to do some repair work here, hon. So notice that your child is not just getting off with a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. Yeah. They have to make up their assignments. They have to, you know, they probably aren't going anywhere this weekend except doing their work. Maybe they are right. going to miss the basketball game. You know, um, they're certainly not going to the mall to hang out with their friends. So it's, but it's not a punishment exactly. It's more that the two of you are coming up with a plan, and you're, you know, it's sort of like when you set the limit. When you have a little kid, and they're in the sandbox and they're throwing sand. You don't say, oh, please don't throw the sand. You say, no throwing sand. It'll hurt the other kids. Yeah, and yeah, your kid's like, looks right at you and they throw the sand. You say, okay, out of the sandbox. You're not nasty about it. You're not mean about it. You're just saying the rule in the sandbox is no throwing sand. We'll try again looks tomorrow. Like it's too you hard can't handle that right, right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. You can't handle that right now. And that's what you're saying to your teenager. But you're doing it in a very respectful way, and you're allowing the teenager to be part of the problem solving. Your kid's like, oh, but mom, I have to go to the game, or I have to go to the concert I was going to go to with my friends, or the water park, or whatever else, you know? And you're saying, I hear how much you want to do that. The problem is, your science teacher says these things have to be in by Monday. And, you know, it would have been great to have them done all week. I know I've been... I'm, wouldn't it be great if we could wave a magic wand and get them done all, all this last month? But that wasn't what happened. So I'm here to support you, and you need to get them done by Monday. So what are we going to do? What's our plan? So you're setting firm limits, just like with the sandbox, right? right. But there's no need for there to be punishment, right? Because with oh, punishment, yeah, right. you're driving your kid away from you. When you're with punishment, this is a kid who now is not motivated to do the science. They're not motivated to tell you next time they have a problem because they're going to get punished. They're not motivated to tell you, if something else, heaven forbid, happens, like one of their kids, threat, their friends threaten suicide or somebody touches them inappropriately or somebody offers them drugs or alcohol at a party, you know, the things that you hope they would come home and talk to you about, they're not going to talk to you about if you punish them. Sure, I don't mean about that. Yeah. I mean about anything. If you punish them about anything, you've just shut the door on being able to hear when something important goes down in their life. Well, it is time to make resolutions once again here for the next year. Here's one you can actually keep. Take a look at Wild Foods Cocotropic Mushroom Powder. Start the new year off right with a cocotropic habit. And they've even given our listeners a 12% discount as part of our partnership. And you can get that with the code TALKINGWILD at wildfoods.co. 
Well, thankfully, we've just passed the coldest, darkest, shortest day of the year. From here on out, it gets lighter, brighter, and warmer. You know, it's easy to get down this time of year. And if your teenager needs to speak with somebody, we recommend teencounseling.com. You answer a few questions, and they pair your teenager up with the perfect counselor or therapist right where they spend the most time on their smartphone. It's completely affordable, and scholarships are available. To find out more, head on over to teencounseling.com and use the code TALKINGTOTEENS. Early on in your book here, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, you talk about you've been kind of yelling at your kid and punishing your kid. How do you stop? And I, I, I was really drawn to this section because, you know, we talk about teenagers a lot here. So that's like a deep hole. You know, I mean, if you've been really punitive and, you know, um, uh, the way that you have known to get your kid to behave is by punishing them. And now you got a teenager. It seems like it's kind of hard to transition uh, at that point to this more positive approach that you're um, that you're talking about here. So what are some I mean, do we do we baby step towards it or kind of what are what are the steps that we need to do? to kind of kind of work towards that. So the reason it's so hard to make the transition is partly that you're you have bad habits, right? Of just mm. yelling, for instance. But yeah, there's yeah. another reason. Your relationship with your child is not as close as you'd like it to be. Because if you've been yelling at them right along, then they don't trust you as much and they don't have a reason to cooperate with you. Right? Sure. So I'll I'll give you an example. When my daughter was uh, I don't know, maybe um, just before the teen years, 12, 13, she was, she had a friend over spending the night and uh, I had told them, you guys have to go to bed at a reasonable hour. We've all got to get up early. You have summer camp tomorrow. And uh, right. I, it's, you know, it's an early morning and they were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So <laughs> that night, that night, the friend said to my daughter, let's sneak out of the house and go up to the park and look around and see, you know, who's hanging out there. You know, I think that cute boy that I'm interested in is, may, might be out there hanging out. Yeah, and my yeah. daughter says, oh, we told my mother we would go to bed, you know, we'd have lights off at 10 o'clock or whatever it was. And the friend says, you don't have to do everything your mother says. Mm. And my daughter said, yeah, but why would I lie to her? My mother doesn't lie to me. My mother makes sense. She asks respectfully. We didn't have to agree to this. The condition of our having the sleepover was that she <laughs> said, you can have the sleepover, but only if. And we agreed to that. I'm not going to break my agreement with my mother. And right, when right. she told me about it the next day, and when she told me the next day, she said, yeah, my friend lies to her parents all the time. Right? Uh, her friend who was over. And, I, and as I talked to her about it, I realized my daughter wouldn't lie to me. Any more than she would like burn our house down because the relationship was important to her. Right. And so it would be like burning the relationship down to lie to me. Right. And betray my, my trust. But this other girl, her parents punished her. She found the best way to manage them, manage her parents was to lie to her. And so that's what she did. Right. You know, and all right. So maybe she got caught sometimes, but she would just come up with another lie or whatever. And yes, she'd get punished, but you know, there was no positive anything going to happen there. So if that's the way you've been parenting, you get to 13, you know, or 12, and it's all over. It's like your kid has already learned that the best way to manage you is to lie to 
right? Yeah, so that's right. another reason it's so hard to make the transition. So I don't think you can just change what you're doing. I think you also have, you can change what you're doing for sure, and you should, but you also have to have a conversation with your kid about it, right? Yeah, right. And they may not believe you at first. They may not believe you. But what I would do is I would sit down with my kid, whether they're 12 or whether they're eight or whether they're 14, 15, 16. I would sit yeah. down with them and say, you know, I want to talk to you about something. I love you so much. I could never love anyone more than I love you. And my relationship with you is really important to me. And I tried really hard to be a good parent. I've done the best job I knew how to do. And I think I've made some big mistakes. I am so sorry about that. And your kids look at you like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what are the mistakes? And you say, well, sometimes I'm probably not the best listener, am I? And your kid's mm. like, if you're lucky, your kid will be like, yeah, that's right. You never listen to me. You never you know. Like, hopefully they'll tell you something. Don't get your hackles up. Don't get defensive. Just say, wow, wow, it's worse than I thought. Wow. I mean, have a sense of humor mm. about it, right? Like, wow, I guess you really did feel like I wasn't listening. I am so sorry. We need a, a, a way to, that you can clue me in when I forget to listen. Like if I just start to yell at you and I don't listen, next time that mm. happens, is there like a thing you could just say to me like, mom, dad, listen, please, you know, <laughs> something. And I'll, I'll just try. And even when I'm really angry, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And this is something I describe in my book. Stop, drop, and breathe. The parent needs to just stop what they're doing. Like if they're starting to yell at the kid and they notice that, stop what you're doing. Drop your agenda. Like right now you want your kid to take out the garbage or whatever you're yelling at them about, right? Do their homework. Sure, Stop right, playing right, that right. game, right? You want the, but drop your agenda for a minute and take a deep breath. Stop, drop, and breathe. And then if it's not an emergency, I know they're on the video game. They told you they would get off it half an hour ago. They're still on it. You just <laughs> noticed it's still not an emergency. Your relationship with them is more important. Turn around, go into the other room, like go to the kitchen, Splash some water on your face, take a few more deep breaths, and then go back into where your kid is. And then you say, you know, you get them to look at you. You're, you're like, hey, time out from the game for a minute. Got to talk to you. And your kid's like, dad, don't bother me. Or mom, I'm about to get to the next level. Or whatever it's really important. Right, right, like, yeah. Right, right, yeah. They're trying to do whatever they're doing. And you, you're like, look at the, look what time it is. You were supposed to be off the game half an hour ago. You're supposed to do, take out the garbage. You're supposed to do your homework, whatever it is they're supposed to be doing, right? And, and most parents are so angry at this point because they feel like they shouldn't have to repeat themselves. Yeah. Of course right, you have to right. repeat yourself. You're still a teenager. They may look like they have a grown up body. They're a teenager. Right. They, their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. You will have to repeat yourself. That's the way it is. You know, just <laughs> the way you would with a kid who's younger. You'll have to repeat yourself. So, so don't have a chip on your shoulder. Have a sense of humor. But stop them from what they're doing, right? But if if it's a more complicated thing where you're where you start to yell at them and your kid's like, listen, mom, dad, listen, you know, then you really do need to stop, drop, breathe, take a deep breath, and then come back and say, okay, I'm listening. What do you need to tell me, right? And your kid's like, I can't do what you're asking. I have a big test tomorrow. You know, I can't take the dog for a walk. I can't help you out on whatever. I didn't expect to have to do anything like that tonight. I've got this test to do. And you're thinking, yeah, if you'd gotten off your game earlier, you would have had time, but whatever you're, you're now you're in a dialogue where you can say, okay, how can we find a win-win solution that works for both of us? Right. And the reason to, to have this conversation with your kid to begin with 
is so you can start to ease into better ways of doing things where you can start to work as a team where your kid can say to you, mom, dad, listen to me, stop yelling for a minute, you know, and there, you can also go further. You can say, so do you think you learn something when I punish you? Like when I ground you or when I take away your phone or whatever, you know, mm. your privileges and your kid's going to be like, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I learned something. You know, or whatever, they're going to like tell you what they think you want to hear. And you can say, but you know, we still haven't solved that problem. You're still not doing X, Y, Z that I yeah, keep put punishing away you for this. You know, <laughs> exactly. And it's not working. And you can say, so I don't want to just keep punishing you. I want you to think for yourself. I want you to have the self-discipline to manage yourself so that when you come home from school, you start your homework, even though I'm not home from work or whatever it is. Right. So. Maybe we need a better solution. And you can actually do a whole problem-solving um, discussion with them. But it has to start with listening, with you listening, and with you not yelling. That's where it has to start. And you, I wouldn't just say, I wouldn't start the conversation by saying, okay, I've been told punishing's wrong, I'm going to stop punishing you. That doesn't help. What you do start the conversation by saying is, I did the best job I could, and now I want to grow as a parent, right? And I'm willing to do some things differently. I want to listen more. I want a better relationship. Because remember, it's only the relationship that gets your kid to do what you want. If you're working and you don't get home till 7 every night, your kid gets home at 4.30 and they're just playing video games until you come in the door and they haven't started their homework and they haven't done anything else, that's not going to change. Right. If you just say, okay, I won't punish you anymore. If I won't use a threat. You have to first work on the relationship so that they feel like that matters to them more. It's like the story about my daughter and her friend. The relationship has to matter to them. We're here with Dr. Laura Markham talking about her books, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids and Peaceful Parent, Happy Siblings. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. Well, I think one really important message to give to young people, starting when they're very little, but certainly right through their 20s, is that they can do things because they enjoy them. Well, I think the first thing is to not overreact to things. And you know, parents often say, but I can't let him yell at me like that. And I agree, you're not you're not allowing your teenager to yell at you, for instance. On the other hand, if you haven't been listening, then they may feel like unless they yell, you won't know how serious they are about this. Here's a really important line. You can tell your sister what you need without attacking her. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable. And your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.